Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ubi Est Mia. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode is with former Chicagoan, current New York resident, Megan Gailey. Megan Gailey is an excellent stand-up comic and actress, and you could find her on the TV and on the internet and all the sorts of wonderful stuff. We talk about her time in Chicago, her time in a retirement home, and much, much more. Without further ado, here's Megan Gailey. I t- yeah, I talk pretty loud. We're both loudspeakers. God, being with my mom for the... I love this woman dearly. Your mother. Dearly, dearly, dearly. Yes. She's so loud. I mean, it's like <laughs> you have to tell her like inside voice like she's a child. She's just like... Ah! like she just she gets so excited. She would have seen your cat and like scream slash cried. She didn't even like cats, but everything is like a new and wonderful. I mean, it's that's good. It is, but it's like your brother isn't loud at all. No. Well, he's not quiet either. My dad is loud too. No, today we were like making fun of her because she was telling a story for seven hours, and then a story that literally no one had asked to hear, and then. My and she goes and we were and she was like well you know I just get so excited when I'm not with dad because I finally get to talk and it's like bitch you talk nonstop no matter who you are with are your parents being are comfortable being in your act because when I yeah. first met you you didn't talk about them as much you uh, talked about them but it was like you were a child so it's like who cares yeah but I mean, now it's current stuff yeah my dad don't know um you mean your dad was offended that you went on national television and called him an about, alcoholic yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has his own way of, like, coping with it. Like, sometimes he'll look at me and just be like, I'm such an alcoholic, remember? And I'm like, I mean, but, like, I do, actually. I do remember. (laughs) So the art has become truth. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that, someone, um, he's fine. You know, he... He's an adult man. He'll forward me every email someone sends him being like, you're not that bad. He sends me those. Are those his work friends in Indiana? Those are all of his friends. Those are all, because, I mean... Likes like like attracts like, and I'm assuming they also do the exact same things as your father. Mm, he's definitely he's definitely I'm on trying a di- to make he's it on a better. Di- he's on a different level. Okay, all right. So yeah, we're gonna talk about Chicago because that's how we met. Woo woo! I'm from there. You're not from there. I'm not from there. I could tell you're not from there because you're wearing an Indianapolis Colts themed sweater. Just Colts blue. <laughs> wearing. Do you want a lot of blue? I feel I like own you do. So much blue. Is it all because of the Colts? Well, it's some of it's because the Colts, but some of it is this is sort of like I love this color. You know, this is a good color on me. Sure, but isn't any color a good color on you as long no, as it's like okay, not like mustard yellow. Okay, I, yeah, like I couldn't be. I would be very sad if I was a Vikings fan. I would be very sad if I was a Redskins fan. You know, that Browns, those are not... Colts blue is, like, very regal and beautiful. What about Chicago Bears navy blue? Navy's nice. I do not like orange. I think orange is a color of the... What about for college teams? I feel like orange for college teams is perfectly fine, but for professionals, maybe not. I like stronger colors, like a red, a black. Yeah, orange is silly. It's just, like, no one is taking you seriously. Could we... Uh, what about the Flyers? The Flyers are the one team that embrace orange, and I think they do yeah. it really well. Yeah, I mean, Purdue is gold and black. That's pretty good for college. It is cool, but like sometimes you can't find like sparkly gold, so it's this like weird mustard color, and it's like that's Didn't you, did bad. you go to Purdue? I did. Are you glad you went to Purdue? Very much so. It was very cheap. <laughs> so that's cheap. because you were in state. Yeah, so cheap. And then did you go straight from Purdue to Chicago? I went to Indianapolis for about. Six months. And Why? Because I didn't have a job. I mean, I graduated in 2008. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a job. 
And I, I mean, I didn't even look for a job, so it wasn't like the economy's bad. I was just like, <laughs> I don't like to work. What's your major, or what was your major? Um, communications with an emphasis in sports broadcasting, which you thought would lead to what? <laughs> Not literally nothing. And <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think for a little bit, I was like, I'll be a sideline girl, but it was like I didn't. I, do, I don't like editing. I don't like filming. I didn't want to. So you just wanted to be on camera talent. Yeah, and in like the seventies that happened, but now you have to like do stuff, and I don't want to do anything. And Usually, then, not doing stuff, not wanting to do extra things, doesn't lead to stand up. I think it does. Okay, actually, we'll explore that idea. Um, and then I was a theater major too. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Why are you? You're Thanks. literally rolling your eyes <laughs> because that's like kind of insulting. Not at all. You go it, on stage and don't have fear. You talk in front of people uh-huh. without prompt. No uh-huh. one's forcing you to do this. Theater yeah. to me makes the most sense. It's a it's a logical extension of that. But a lot of and you take offense to that. You chose well, that major. I, well, no, I know because saying you're a th- like when you meet someone and you hate them and then they're like, I went to theater school. You're like, of course you did. You know, like it's just it's sort of like a. How often uh, do you meet people and hate them in New York? Often. Because you're in New York now. You love Chicago. Yeah, I love it. Okay, you love New York or Chicago? Oh, I hate New York. I love Chicago. Okay, so let's get... Okay, you're in Indianapolis for six months. Yes, and that was... My grandmother was living with us, so I, like, helped out with her. Okay. And then all my friends had jobs. I'm assuming when you say us, you mean your parents? Yeah, my parents. Okay. Um, so I was there for, yeah, six months, and then I went to Chicago. Why Chicago? Well, I I did explore the idea of going to New York, um, but it's, it was, I mean, it's expensive. All the reasons I didn't want to move there then are the reasons I hate it now. I have no friends there. No, I have, it's fine. You have a ton of friends. I You're a fr- liar. I know. I do have some friends. Um, but it's expensive. It was very daunting. And I didn't, I hadn't really done stand up. So it didn't make sense to like move there okay. having never done this. Sure. Chicago, I had a lot of friends from college there. My brothers had both lived there. My parents lived there when I was in college. And it was it, it was like a very natural step to go from Indianapolis, Purdue to Chicago. Sure, a lot of sure. people do that. When you went to Chicago, you said you had barely been doing stand up, or you mm-hmm. had not done it at all. I had done it in Indianapolis for like three months. Okay, that's why. And I like thought I like did it. You know, like I was like I'm, I do it. No offense to the Indianapolis scene, but maybe you were like the cream of the crop with three months in. I mean, it's crazy to after three months be like. I think I I think I need to make the next step, you know? You kind of did. It, it was I for some reason at the time I knew that stage time was very important and I don't know how I knew that, but I just did. Okay. And so I knew that indie for me the way that I wanted to do it was not going to be enough stage time. Sure. So it's it's 2008 to 2009. This right is two, I moved to Chicago in 2009. In 2009. Do yeah. you remember where you like where you moved? Of course. Sorry. So my mom drove me up and we stayed it was the Super Bowl. We stayed at the Marriott on Michigan the night before I moved in and one of my ex-boyfriends from college worked there. So he came and the Marriott had like a little chili party for the Super Bowl. <laughs> it was great. So my mom and I ate chili. And watched the Super Bowl with my ex-boyfriend. And then the next day, I moved into this apartment that was on Wellington and Sheridan. So, actually, east of Lakeshore. Which is perfect for you. Yeah, I lived on... It was unfair, because I lived on the 22nd floor, full panoramic view. I mean, the building was old, and someone definitely died in our apartment. But... 
the view was amazing. Do you remember how much your rent was? I think I paid. So I lived with my brother Michael's best friend from high school. Okay. Whose name is Jason. Okay. Who clearly could afford way more and like ended up not even being there that much, but is just such a kind hearted man and I think wanted to like help take care of me. Sure. So I think I paid like 600. Do you want to tell people how much you're paying now? Now I pay 775, but that's really cheap for that's New York. That's four people in a three bedroom. Yeah. So my boyfriend and I pay 1450 for our one room. <laughs> so yeah. So it's like 770, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You said it was cheap and now you're laughing at me. Yeah, that's exactly how much I thought it was. You proved my point. Thank you so yeah. much. Okay, so you moved to Chicago. What were you going to do for money? Did you have a plan? Yeah, listen. I'm a gal with a plan. So Jason's older brother owned a Irish bar slash restaurant. What's your last name for the people at home? Megan Gailey. Perfect. Megan Elizabeth Gailey. My mom is Margaret Louise McMahon. And my cousins are the O'Learys. So this was Manifest Destiny that you'd have yeah. to work in a bar in Chicago. Yeah, an yeah Irish absolutely. Bar okay. Well, and so the bar was called Bridget McNeil's. It's still around. It's great. <laughs> so the bar is Bridget McNeil's and people would constantly be like, are you Bridget? And I was like, no. Um... <laughs> So I were I was a waitress at Bridget's, and then I mean I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, no one, is, no I one love sh- that some of these stereotypes are like a hundred percent true. Yeah, yeah. It's and so that, great. And that bar was in the first floor of a high rise, okay. so it was all these old queens and like mean old women. For the listener at home, uh, you should explain when you say queens what you're referring to because this is right off of Boys Town. Oh yes, okay. yeah, like this is. If you were like a, a man about town in the gay community in the 60s, you still lived in this building Thank you. Okay. in 2009. Not everyone knows that term, old queens. Old queens. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> should... a, a, a gaggle of queens and then their mean uh, female friends. God. All right. So it's 2009. You're working with a gaggle of queens at a yeah. bar, an Irish bar. Mm-hmm. Did, it, did the bar do well? Yeah, so at that time, it was doing – it's a, It's always been a bar that's been sustained on regulars. Okay. And most of that is because it's old people or older people that love sure. that bar. Yeah. And it's in their basement. So, like, they don't have to leave the that's building. That's pretty convenient. So, even though they're like, this sucks, I hate the fish and chips, they come every day. <laughs> Sometimes twice a day. All right, so this is 2009. When did you start doing stand-up all the time in Chicago? I think the first time I did it in Chicago was, like, March – and I went to the Edge Comedy Club. The, uh, say the, the Edge Comedy? The Edge Comedy Club. That's, do you was remember, that on Chicago Avenue? Do you, yes. Okay. Do you remember Dave Odd? Oh, yeah. So this was Dave Odd's baby. Okay. So this is, <laughs> this is a comedy club that was kind of not really a comedy club. Oh, 100% not a real comedy club. <laughs> okay. A lot of tricked Indian people would be there. Oh, God. Paying $20. But at the time when I, like... When I moved to Chicago, the edge was like super cool. So they, it wasn't cool, but like that's where everybody would be. They taught classes there. Like comedy, Dave taught a comedy class Mm -hmm. that like a lot of very funny people have taken. Sure. So it's like really great. Do you want to name drop? No. Okay. Um, But Dave, I loved Dave and I know that that sounds crazy, but he would give us like 10 minute sets when we had no business doing 10-minute sets. So you would get to do these. I used to do a show called The Ha Ha Hotties, and it would be like the Putterbaws. And this is when the Putterbaws were doing stand-up separately. So like Danielle would do stand-up. Tiffany would do mm-hmm. stand-up. Myself. Who else would do? Then there was a Handsome Bastard show. So that was like Maddie. Um, Maddie who? Maddie Ryan. Okay. 
sometimes Mike Joyce would do it. I'm trying to remember who the other bastards were. <laughs> Maybe Marty. But yeah, you Marty would, DeRosa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you would get to do these longer sets for two people that were very upset. <laughs> you know, in the crowd there are literally two people. Yeah. There. Yeah, Great. yeah. And they, they were they would have St. Patrick's Day theme shows. I remember the first like book to show I got to do in Chicago was the St. Patrick's Day show, and I had like four sorority sisters come. This seems like a really bad idea because St. Patrick's Day is one of the most festive holidays to to talk with your friends and go to bars. Yeah, and uh, for for stand up shows, you're supposed to be quiet and sit yeah. and watch a show and, and not interact with the performers. <laughs> well, this kind of went off the rails because the point was for us to be wasted as the comedians. Oh, that was the theme of the show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was called like the drunk of the Irish show. And so like my friends came and I remember I was like, I prepared for this like it was an audition at Juilliard. Like I was so <laughs> thrilled and terrified and excited. We like went to an Italian restaurant before. Like it was a real moment for me. And then I got there and like a man peed his pants on stage. Like on Ma- purpose or um, just cause he was drunk. So maybe a little bit. Maddie Ryan got banned from the edge what that night. He, do? he stole beer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So it's, it's, it's worse to steal beer than the piss your pants on stage. Um, in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. <laughs> All right. So you're doing arguably horrible shows. Well, and so the man who beat his pants, who I love so dearly, I think it was, it may have been his friend. I don't, I, I, it was CJ Sullivan. I don't think he beat his pants. I think his friend beat his pants. Um, and CJ was supposed to headline. CJ didn't want to go up. That's what it is. CJ was supposed to headline. He didn't want to go up. So he had his friend go up. Friend pees his pants and starts like berating Davod, who's running the sound. And, you know, saying that he's uh, this horrible human. So then they're just fighting with each other from the stage. And this the is the show. This is the show. <laughs> and then you're like, okay. Did you go right. before this or after this? Before. Okay. How did you do? I mean, fine. You know, I had a little green cardigan on. Like, So you were like the bell of the ball. Well, this... no, I wouldn't. I didn't. I wasn't very funny. <laughs> All but... right. So what did your sorority sisters think? Like... <laughs> Um, We're going to have to support this person I, in 10 years? I think th- definitely. I think they still feel that. I think they were like, this is fun for her. Look at this little hobby. It's sort of like when a when a rich man, when his wife starts doing something, you know? <laughs> Good for you, honey. Do you have a lot of people in your life that still view your stand-up as a hobby? Um... I don't I think I would hope now not so much but there's definitely like yeah I guess there are I don't they wouldn't say that to me but I'm sure behind my back they're like what is happening because you've been doing this really regularly for the past six years and probably full time and a half she's seven and a half and probably for the full time for the past three or four right yeah okay so let's go back to the to the the hazy days of the edge comedy club edge comedy club no longer there for very good reasons. No. I think they tore the building down. Sure. It's on Hall. It used to be on Halsted in Chicago. Yeah. Which is not a residential area in any way. No, There's zero foot traffic. Very frightening. <laughs> it's just, it, it's really busy streets. That's all it is. It's like industrial and right on the river. Yeah, there's three blocks to the east. There's stuff. Three blocks to the west. There's stuff. But right there, nothing. No. Nothing. No foot. Anyways, let's get back to you. What do you do after that? What's the rest of 2009 like? I think I just kept doing stand-up. And then I knew I, I, I really liked working at the bar. But I would work like 
three or four nights a week and then I wouldn't be able to go out and do stand up. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to find a day job so I could work during the day and then do stand up at night. What was the day job that you found? I worked at a retirement community in Evanston on the North Shore and I loved it. Now you're being sincere. I Oh, I'm being so sincere. Why did you love it? Because I love the elderly and the place was so beautiful and they were so wonderful to me. My boss was this truly like fun, charismatic, hilarious woman. All the old people were amazing. It was five levels of care. So it started at independent living and then went all the way up to 24 hour of care. So you, you had a, you know, a bag of, uh, characters. And what was your role at this retirement community? I was the marketing, I was the marketing assistant, but what my real job was, I was the moving coordinator. Okay. So when people would move in, it could be like a very, very traumatic thing to leave your home you've been in for 70 years of course, and move into what they would see as like a nursing home, even though we called it a retirement community. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would sort of just be given to them and their family if their family was involved and just handle whatever sort of like send us the dimensions. Who is going to help us hang the blinds? Where is this going to go? I would help them like decide what they wanted to bring in, help them sort of like plan the apartment. Sure. So you were the first point of contact for a lot of these people as well. Yeah. Well, how long were you there? I was there a year and a half. Okay. How, did you form any tight connections or relationships oh, with anybody? Very, very much so. Yeah. So there was this man, Bill, who I love so dearly. And I, I have yet to like follow up if he's, I don't think he's still with us. Um, and I like kind of don't want to know because then it's like, maybe he is. And he was in the 24 hour care and he, uh, and when he was working was a very prominent lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so he had dementia, Alzheimer's sort of, and it was advancing and his physical health was not well either. So he would get up every morning, get dressed in a very nice press shirt, tie slacks, grab his briefcase. And then he would try and leave to go to work every day, every day. And the 24 hour care unit is locked because there are Alzheimer's people in the community. And so they were afraid. He he was getting very volatile, and he did not like to be told, no, you can't go out there. It was very confusing for him. And his wife was younger and did not live in the community. So she was able to come and visit a lot, but there were a lot of days where she wasn't able to be there right when he woke up. So I would go at 7.30, Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, and I would have breakfast for him. Like with, not for him. I didn't cook anything. <laughs> I would just, I would go and eat breakfast with him. And we would do crossword puzzles. We would do sort of memory games where I would ask him like, who was your first grade teacher? Who was your best friend in grammar school? Like stuff like that. And we would just chat. And the thought was he would see me coming and then he wouldn't try and escape. And it worked. It worked. That's like, uh, that's delightful. It was so wonderful. Once I asked him, who the closest people in his life were. And he said, well, Joan, that was his wife, Elizabeth, and you. All women. Yeah. Because I think he thought I was one of his daughters. Sure. But he would like, sometimes he would see me and he'd go, oh. Like he was very, and his wife was like in on it. Like she was like, yeah, yeah, send him that 25-year-old girl. Right. (laughs) And like at first I was like, why are you sending me? And they're like, you're the only hot person that works here. And that's what we need to do. So just go be hot and and like hot in the terms of 
I'm around 90 year olds. Like, not hot for like a 25 year old, just hot in terms of like born I like that you said after you, 1950. I like that you have to feel modest when you're calling yourself the only hot one, the only 25 year old hot one. We're talking one. about a retirement community. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I guess. It's hilarious. You don't have to qualify that. It's fine. Well, and people would be like, I'm going to set you up with my grandson. And I'd be like, oh, awesome. And my boss would be like, their grandson's 62. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone was so fucking old. <laughs> Did you use any of that stuff on stage? Uh-huh. Did that come up a lot? I talk about it now yeah. um, because I talk about my grandmother a lot now. Mm-hmm. And so I do talk about the retirement community. And, that, you know, there was this woman, Pearl, who was like my best, best, best friend. People would like – I would form a relationship with them when they were moving in. I was sort of like their ambassador. Sure. So if I knew or was like alerted to that they were having kind of a hard time, um, I would go and eat lunch with them and – uh, so I did. Yeah, I really loved the people. Do you think you have more empathy than the average performer? Mm, I just old people are my thing. I just will always see them and love them and want to like be a part of anything. Like, uh, there's definitely times where I'm like, oh, I would quit stand up and just open an adult daycare with my mom. Really? Mm-hmm. That would bring you joy. It would bring me so much joy. Because I left this job. Um, I went to Ireland with my parents for like a few months because my dad was working in Ireland and then when I came back I got a different job at the community like I wanted to go back there really Mm -hmm. do you feel like you chose the wrong career path there's definitely times where I miss it really yeah and like I nannied in New York and I miss that dearly too so you just like people I do I like um people when you hear comics saying like I just hate people or that's part of their act what do you think I think, you know, I'm, I'm different than people. People are different than me. I've always liked people. My mom took me to nursing homes a lot when I was younger. She taught at a vocational high school. She taught nursing there. And so they would do their clinicals in local nursing homes. So I would go with her and then she was a hospice nurse. And so I would go with her on visits sometimes. So I've always, and then my grandmother lived with us. So I've always enjoyed being around old people. I love nursing homes when most people like hate them. Yeah. And I was in a really beautiful, nice one. So that stigma, I wanted to be like, no, come to the, it's like, like people would come and they were like, this is And this is in Evanston? We should give the name out. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't, because You're only saying nice things about it. It's called Three Crowns Park. Perfect. And it's a wonderful place. That's I love great. It. How would they be offended by that? Well, We're not know. giving away last names. I'm, We're not trying to get anybody I know, in trouble. I know, but I, you know, I, who knows? I said naughty things on the internet. Oh, stop it. The people are... If anybody could understand an, an, naughty things, it's older people in a retirement community. Oh, They've gone oh. through everything. Do they, did they know that you were a stand-up? Yeah. What did they think? Um, I think, you know, some... Like Pearl, my good friend, she had been an original USO girl. So, she, you know, that type of character is like, you go, you know, like, you're a little whippersnapper. Really? Um, so people with very fun personalities, and then they'd be like, you got to bust me out of here. I want to come. Uh, so they were into it. And my boss, like my boss, and then one of my other coworkers who was like kind of my boss too, they would come and see me if I ever did shows on the North Shore. Mm-hmm. Did they like it? Yeah, was they it did. weird for them? No, was I it don't weird think for so. you? It, sometimes it was weird, but they. But they liked it. I would. That sort of thing makes me more nervous than my parents coming. Really? Yeah, because my parents have to love me. 
And like these strangers can just be like, oh, I don't want to be around her anymore. (laughs) You're going to be back in Chicago next weekend. Um, Do you do you tell these people when you're coming back to to remind them? Yeah. You know what? I need to. Thank you. You've reminded me. I I will email them. And then I see I have um, any uncle and cousins in the area. And then I have sorority sisters like I'll tell all my friends. Well. It's different now because now when you go back, it's like a fun, she's making it type of thing. Like you're, you're headlining a club. Mm-hmm. There's no, and it's a Second City related stand up comedy club. There's mm-hmm. no shame in that. It's not like, hey, come down to my Thursday night. I'm going to do eight minutes at this bar. Yeah. Uh, it's in but the I back made room. people come to that. Too. Exactly. <laughs> that always was weird because you would bring the quote unquote normal people yeah. in the crowd. And usually yeah. it's a lot of uh, dirtbag stand ups or performers. And I'm not trying to insult. Performers. Oh no, we're gross. Okay, gross, <laughs> gross people. Okay, but didn't you didn't really ever fit in in that stereotype of a stand-up in Chicago? You kind of always had a full-time job. You took care of yourself. You went to the gym. <laughs> you had goals that weren't just I want to do more time. Yeah. Did that ever feel like maybe I was in the wrong city? No, because I think that there were other people, and this has sort of been a nice thing for me. Always like when I was in college, I was in a sorority and it was like a like sometimes people would be like, well, I wasn't in one of those sororities. I was in one of those sororities like it was very intense and crazy. But then I was in theater. So it was like I could leave the sorority and go be with these theater nerds. And then when I was tired of the theater nerds, I'd go back, you know, and be with the fun, mean blondes. So I, you, it was like kind of nice to escape from both. And so even though I love my normal people friends so dearly that live in Chicago, if I had to be with them all the time, I wouldn't, we wouldn't be friends. They would hate me, sure, you know, sure. and I would hate them. And the same goes for comics probably. But towards the end, the people that I was like closest with were more similar to me than dissimilar. They also had jobs and or you know, clothes and friends and <laughs> like, like uh, my crew sort of our crew felt like we had it like a little bit more together. Sure. Than than maybe some outlying. Well, when did you leave Chicago? Um, 2014. Do you remember the season? It was um, the end of May, June. So, like so you were summer. there for roughly five years. Yeah. Do you, do you when did it feel like it's time to leave? Um, I don't even think it. It ever felt like that. I just sort of knew if I don't go now, I'm probably going to stay here forever, which is not a bad thing. Like there's still times where I'm like, oh, I could go back to Chicago and have like a perfectly wonderful, happy, great life. But there was kind of this part of me that was like, I want to at least like see if I can do more uh, stand up wise. And I knew I'd sort of reached the ceiling in Chicago. What is the ceiling? Because most people aren't that are listening are not stand-ups. Mm-hmm. What is the ceiling for success in Chicago as a stand-up? Um, you know, I was getting to do all the shows I wanted to do. I was getting to work the clubs, and then I was, you know, going on the road somewhat. But when you say the road, I'm assuming you mean the Midwest. Midwest, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, Midwest, and just like featuring places. You know, not not going anywhere else. But I I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get like and some people have been able to do it and for so, for probably many factors I was not able to I wasn't going to be able to like make a jump to getting um a manager in Chicago sure. or to get to do TV from Chicago or to kind of take like a next step past past what I was already doing and I think 
more industry goes now. I think they do look and, you know, tons of people got to do Last Comic from Chicago, which is great. They still go and, and audition a lot of people for Montreal there. But for me, I was just like, it's not going to it's not going to happen here mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Were you able to pay your rent just doing comedy in Chicago? I was for the last two years. Did that feel satisfying or did that... It did. I went back and worked at Bridget's every now and again. So I would waitress and bartend there sometimes once a week, sometimes like once a month. Um, And it did. It felt great. And it also made it a lot harder when I went to New York because... Then I couldn't, you know, then I was nannying. This is about you, but your brother also bartends about the same amount and he yeah. doesn't need to as well. He has a full-time job that's, in his, he's successful at yeah. it, yet he chooses to bartend once a month. Why? Why did you guys want to do that? I think we both liked the places we worked at and liked the people that came in and just sort of like that. I liked waitressing a lot better. He likes to bartend. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just sort of like being around people. The day that I left Bridget's, like my last day working there before I moved to New York, I sobbed for probably six hours. Have you been back since? I have, yeah. Did they welcome you with open oh, arms? Oh, so much so. They're so like kind and wonderful to me. And now it's a different owner. You know, it's gone through many different stages, but it's still like I will go back there this weekend at least for like a drink just so I can see everybody. And those people, those regulars, they would come to shows. Um, they're still like extremely supportive. That's so great. Yeah. What is one thing that you could have not done now in your career if you didn't spend five years in Chicago? Um, I think the I think going on the road would be a lot harder. I, I, so? I don't think New York, just doing stand-up in New York for five years, you would have... I wouldn't, personally. Um, I don't want to project this onto these other weirdos i wouldn't have the wherewithal to go into like a brewery in rural kentucky and and be able to communicate with everyone in a way that was like oh to just connect on a human level yeah so it's not i thought you meant like to go to promote your show in a brewery and no 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 i think just like a little you do so many bad shows in chicago and they're in such aggressive environments sometimes that you're like when you get out and you get to do like a okay show. You're like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever done, you know, because you're just prepared for like someone to be like, fuck you, turn on the Blackhawks. You're like, okay, I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> you're a sports fan too, which mm-hmm. is also weird for both being this is a horrible stereotype, but it's true for Chicago. You're a female, you're mm-hmm. a woman, I am. and you're a stand-up comic, and I you am. genuinely follow all of the major sports except baseball. I think that's because of I follow, that's because of where you're from. I follow baseball and hockey very like. But like, you're, a, like a girlfriend trying to be nice to her boyfriend. Got it. You're number one a Colts fan, and yeah. then number two a Pacers fan. Yeah. And you'll if the game is on, you're watching that in the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You're not ignoring it. It's not just background noise for you. No, I would not. There were two times this year where I got tricked into hosting a show on a Sunday night, and the Colts were the flex game, so that it didn't... I had agreed... Hold on, really quick. Is this comedy at the Knitting Factory no. that you're talking about? No, no, no. Okay. I got asked... I was. It's actually a great show. It's If You Build It at UCB, and I did not get tricked. It was just like, hey, can you host this 
a Sunday. A show that many other comics would like to host. I would love to do. At a venue that people move to other... Like, they move to New York to perform at the UCB. Well, sad people. Very sad people. <laughs> but yes, I'm sure... And you'd rather be probably at home watching the Colts. Definitely. But because the Colts were the flex game, so I didn't know... I, I always will consult the schedule before I accept, like, a Sunday NBC night. And, and I think I actually ESPN for Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, there's a handful of flex games, usually in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. That's what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I missed if the... If you're a Bears fan, that has not happened this season. And right. it, so they, everyone needs to know hey, that. Hey, listen, my boys are starting at home too, you know? So it's not like <laughs> our britches are that big. Okay. I just was with a 90-year-old, so that's why I, I said britches. <laughs> By choice, you were with an 80-year-old and a 90-year-old. Yeah, my great aunt and uncle. Now, did they see your te- most recent television appearance? No, but okay. they really want to. It's not you. It's, it's on, on the YouTube. internet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's not- for some reason, I you know my I did this like commercial for Hyatt when I was in Chicago, the Hyatt in Chicago, and so my mom I think was like, oh, they'll really like this, you know, and so she sent that to them instead of my stand up. But I'm they're gonna I'm gonna send it to them. They want to see it. I I, I want to talk about money, but I'm I'm sure you don't want to give out specific numbers because it's like rude and stuff. Uh-huh. But. Really quick, did you make more on that Hyatt commercial than you did the entire year doing stand-up? Oh, absolutely. Okay, just wondering. I yeah, thought absolutely. so. By the way, um, I, I might cut this, but I probably won't. I want to say you're the first ever person uh, where a promoted content came up in my Twitter feed, and I was like happy to see it because it was you in a GIF or a little oh. video. That was so weird. I wonder if they... I. Like knew that you liked, you know, that we yeah, were that, friends, yeah. that you followed me, and I followed I no you. Because sometimes I'll get on Facebook, and it's like so. I have been just like texting about, mm-hmm. like, I want to get something very, like a Colts chair, and then I'll sure, get on but, Facebook, and that's and a targeted like, ad. But I could guarantee you, I I was not tweeting about hotel stays no. across the country, and you're in a commercial for that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have some sweet Hyatt perks now? I don't, but they did give me a crazy suite when I was there. I mean, it was you beautiful. Were, well, yeah, you're filming a commercial for them. And they were so nice to me. Well, yeah, you're filming a commercial for them. I know, them. but I'm saying I expect Why are you so little. By- no, no, no. I expect <laughs> so little from everything. When was the last time you went on stage with any fear? Last night. Really? <laughs> yeah. You're, we're in Washington, D.C. right now. Yeah. Why did you have any fear? Well, you were performing the, at the Big Hunt, yeah, which is a show, bar. And the show was packed. Yeah, it's and in it the basement. And it was great. But it was, like, very packed. You've done shows there before. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I've never I been there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy, I don't know how this is going to go. At most, there's 100 people there. It, no, it was, they were, mm, there were no, definitely. I know the fire code there. At most. I think it was, the fire code was broken. No, I, and the basement, you're in the basement of the Big Hunt? Yeah. You're wrong. It's under 100 people. You're performing was, next week and you're going to have 200 people a night. Yeah. Why does 100 people in a city well, that you're not from freak last, you out? Last night, I had like cousins that were in the audience that have never seen me. So it was sort of like, ugh. and then I had college friends there. I almost felt like. It was like my wedding reception, and I wasn't talking to enough people. And then you're gonna go and like do a weird thing. So it was. How did it go? Oh, it was fantastic. It was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. But like, I, w- I wasn't like fearful. But it was like, Ooh, I don't know how this is gonna be. <laughs> are you enjoying what you're doing? I am. There are definitely moments, and I have always had this. And when you sort of like mention this, people will be like, Oh, I have that too. That's okay. We are just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore, you know, but it is like really fun. And I have been trying 
more and more because it was when I first moved to New York, it was very, very hard. And then almost like overnight, it was like, oh, great. This everything has worked out and been fun. When you say overnight, though, you're I'm assuming you mean about a year. Because I remember seeing oh, yeah, you, and, it, and I, sure. I think I saw you like it's seemingly like every three months for about a year, and it and then as soon as it, it was like a switch that flipped, mm-hmm. yeah. So it wasn't overnight; it was a year of your life. Yeah, it was a year. <laughs> it was a year. But it felt like it was terrible on a Tuesday, sure, and then on Wednesday it was fun. Good. I'm glad that it felt that way. Did it ever feel like that in Chicago? Oh yeah, Definitely. really? Yeah. When I first was there, uh. It was it was hard to because you would be like, oh, this person wants to be my friend. This person's great. But you didn't like know and you didn't have enough. Like in New York, I've always had friends. I'd be like, no, don't talk to them. <laughs> they go away. But like in <laughs> Chicago, I had to figure all of that out as everyone does yeah. for themselves. Yeah. Is there anybody that you wish moved? I'm, uh, this is a compliment. Anyone mm-hmm. that's still in Chicago that you just wish got out because, like, if if they just weren't there, the rest of the country would know who they are and would love what they do. Um, I definitely. Uh, that's a tough question because there's people that haven't moved, and you're like, I get why you didn't move. There was some sort of like you had a family, you had a job, you had like all these different. So like purely stand up alone, um, like Sean Flannery, but like Sean has an an amazing life he has a better life than 99 percent of the people i know so it's like yeah he didn't he doesn't need to move to like validate what he's doing he's been on tv he's super funny and i would rather watch him than most people i see do stand up um probably danny callis i i think i some but like i get he's from there you know so he loves chicago if you were from there do you think you would have stayed longer or left sooner or ever left i mean i think i'd have more money you know if you're from chicago because i would just lived at my parents sure and then done stuff yeah because you'd like your parents i love my parents i would live with my parents right now that's a little odd for a stand-up for me yeah i love them very much but they're very nice to me they are i like your parents a lot very nice i don't think i've met anybody else's parents in stand-up like i've met yours i mean my mom i think she's getting a big head you know (laughs) it's like people ask about her i'm like i don't she's fine now that you've done tv um do you feel validated? Sadly, yes. Okay. You do. But like in the sense of like my parents have this Christmas Eve party and I'm like, finally, people know that I'm not crazy. You know, like, <laughs> and like the thing is they do. I mean, I am crazy. Like yeah, definitely yeah, totally. like it's this, part of your act. Too. This may fall apart like today. Um, but you do. It's like at least forever. If if nothing, if happens ever again it's like i was able to do that one thing and that feels like like kind of a relief it was such a relief when it was done in like such a nice way but just like okay well i i I follow you on social media so as soon as it was done you you went to the show you aren't calling it and you went to the show with a former chicago comic who lives in la yeah you're a former chicago comic that lives in new york you ate burgers and Uh you're with your mom like you did the most midwestern things possible the man you went to the show with, his name is Joe Kilgallen. He's a, he's a fantastic stand-up. You guys hosted a sports talk radio show together, mostly about Chicago sports. Yeah. Like, you're doing the most Chicago things yeah. possible, not in Chicago. And it was all Chicago people that, like, came to the show that night. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like a little, like, Chicago reunion for us. Do you want to move back? Oh, eventually. Because some I would like to have a family. And from being a nanny in New York... And and from the little time I've been in L.A., and maybe anything could be different if you're rich. You know, you could live anywhere if you're rich. I would rather raise a child 
um, in the Midwest than I would on either coast. Any one reason? Um, just a yard, you know, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> they, got, they got yards in California. And, but I think this is what it is. I loved my childhood. So like, I want my kids to have a childhood as similar to mine as possible. But if I, I meet people all the time that are like, I'm from Indiana and I'm like, don't you love it? And they're like, no, what's wrong with you? So like, I liked it. But like, if I hated it, I'd be like, yeah, I'll raise my kid in LA and they'll be an LA kid. Have you been to Chicago with your current boyfriend? No, but his brother lives there. Okay, so is, have you guys talked about possibly moving back together? Well, he's from Cleveland, and he really Which loves Cleveland. Which is the opposite. But I love Cleveland. I really do. I love Cleveland, I love Indianapolis, and I love Chicago. But Chicago is sort of like a nice compromise. To go from like L.A. to Cleveland, you're like, what happened? <laughs> like, are you okay? Um, but, but like, yeah, it's all sort of like... Um, D- dependent on many many factors but i do love chicago i also i spent two weeks in indy last week and i'm like it's great here really i love it there really i mean everyone looks terrible <laughs> they look awful <laughs> but like it's fun you just because you feel like a 10 out of 10 no matter where you go and you could probably afford everything so much easier yeah you feel rich and beautiful like Truly. Like, even at your very worst, people are like, wow, who is that? If you'd like more information on Megan Gailey, make sure to follow her on Twitter. It's at sign Megan Gailey, M-E-G-A-N-G-A-I-L-E-Y. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we're at sign Ubi Est Mia Pod. And we're also on Facebook. Just put Ubi Est Mia in that little search bar. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at sign YMTE, and that's because the other show I do is called You, Me, Them, Everybody, and we're at youmethemeverybody.com. Our theme song is by Daniel Knox, and our art is by Dmitry Samarov. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful night. I'll hug the places that you've been